Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Uh, I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Sean Wilkinson. And I'm Michael Limitado. You put some verve on that. I really liked it. Uh, thank you. I've been taking acting classes. So, <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> that too is much? yelling. Was that, was that funny too much? Acting is yelling. That's true. Let's just introduce our fantastic guest here. Uh, she's the She's been a writer on BuzzFeed, and she's the host of the Ringer Music Show and the owner slash mother of soup and pierogi and soup it's Grace Spellman everybody thank you you should have opened with the cats but that's okay (laughs) we lost people in the the first wait so does this mean that does this mean someone in this zoom room has not listened to sergeant pepper or all of it i have not listened to this i've never listened to this before like i've never listened before today before like we got ready for this episode yes basically yes okay i also had not but you had heard but you knew some of yeah i knew i knew with a little help from my friends i knew lucy and the sky with diamonds i've heard of this album i've heard of these songs i have no curiosity towards the beatles before so (laughs) oh my god i know i'm sorry that's why i said i i know music theory and have bad taste what do you think do you agree yet no beatles don't even taste they're just like it's just default. It's not even. It's umami, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, mommy. Ooh, mommy. That's what you meant, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Beatles made uh, me go, "Ooh, mommy." <laughs> Sorry, um, go on. But- my preconceived notions of the Beatles was I saw a Facebook post on Facebook.com where, like, it was a picture of like Lucy from the Peanuts, and there's a diamond above it, and then the post was like, "Like, hey." Comment when you get it. Like <laughs> basically is my that's your first exposure that's, to the Beatles. Like 800 Beatles, I mean 800 like boomer comments being like, Oh, I I get it. Kids like, <laughs> understand this, but I get it. It's outrageous. I hate my kids, they don't get this. <laughs> yes, exactly. I hate my kids. Uh but like, yeah, we're here talking about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club band. It's uh, you know, one of this is one of the albums I've been the most intimidated to. Even though it's like super accessible and stuff like that, I guess like with the history and like with the and our previous Beatles episodes, I'm actually not very proud of. <laughs> and like because we did it before we when we did the Beatles episodes, we always it was like our first episode, our second episode was Abbey Road and it was by ourselves. And then we did made it a yearly tradition to cover uh, Beatles albums. And it was just like, hey, let's just like get the regular coast together to cover the Beatles and stuff like that. And I felt like that wasn't the best approach to it because like, we don't understand the context. I don't, at least I don't at my my end and stuff like that. And I felt like we needed to get an expert in here. We needed to get like someone who knew what they were talking about. Someone who could guide us through an understanding and appreciating Sean likes the Beatles. I imagine like Sean likes the Beatles. This is the album I'm most, most familiar with probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, cool, cool. Yes, I am that expert. So I'm ready. Yeah, it's hard with Beatles. It's like, because like, there's so much just cultural, I mean, the Beatles essentially took a grenade and like threw it at their feet. And like Western culture was like, ah, or whatever, so, you know, <laughs> right. so, so you, ha- you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much surrounding every album that I can see, I can see why like some albums you could be like, let's just talk about it and, and talk about what we hear. But, but for these Beatles albums, there's just so much behind it in context and how, how, how it changed people and stuff like that. Especially with this album, it's like this out, al- I mean, we'll get into it, but it like shifted the world basically. Like the, this is like, this is the album that like made rock music, like a legitimate art, like in the mainstream, a legitimate art genre and stuff like that. It's like kind of like, oh, it's for kids. It's for like dumb little shits that you write on Facebook about. Um, and then also like, it's also like the one of the earliest like album albums, like concept albums ever. Like all the yeah. albums I love, like, you know, and also like one of the origins of like, I guess like Pet Sounds and like did, did it too. But like the idea of, oh, weird shifting production and stuff like that like all that stuff it's like yeah yeah they you know people often say that pet sounds and then sergeant pepper which was you know paul was really inspired by brian wilson from pet sounds they say those are like the first art rock songs you know and and yeah absolutely like i think all the previous beatles songs and so much of popular music back then was like let's just bang out five singles and put it on an album or whatever let's just make it super catchy yeah and and something uh, that's different from this Beatles album that's different than the rest of them. I have so many notes, guys. But like, yeah, please. Something that is, <laughs> I mean, I something that's different from this Beatles album. And, I, you know, I think it's really important when you talk about this album to like set the stage of what had been going on, because so much. I mean, if we want to get I mean, if we want to get into it, if we're ready to get into like in, into it, unless you guys have more. We were uh, okay. I just don't know if we want to talk about our perceived motions, uh, perceived notions, or whatever. But and like know. this can get into like how this will transition into how important the Beals were for Grace. Uh, let's talk uh, just briefly on like preconceived notions for like new listeners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean, what's your what are your impressions and preconceived notions and history with the Beatles? I will say for Sergeant Pepper specifically, it was like because like I went to school for sound, and so this album was like always talked about like always thrown about as far as like oh it changed recording uh techniques they did in the studio or like still talked about still used to this day um so that's always kind of i'd I'd heard more about the album itself than like before i actually listened to the album but i'd heard you know like losing the sky with diamonds like michael said i'd kind of heard the like singles from this album the quote singles even though they weren't really singles but yeah i never like really sat down and listened to it all the way through um before this I had once, like a long oh, time wow. ago. So wow. this is, I haven't revisited it like in a long time. Um, and honestly, like it's still not my, I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite Beatles album um, as far as the music itself goes, but I think it's an incredibly fun listen. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that, does that kind of answer it? I totally. Guess? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll hop into mine. Uh, I, as I've talked about many, many, many times on the podcast before, the Beatles is not a Christian band. Therefore, I did not listen to them growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my music access was post 14 years old and beyond when I was, for some reason, purchased a laptop by my parents and allowed to absolutely do whatever I wanted. <laughs> so, uh, any music consumed, uh, was of my own volition. I remember early on, I got in trouble for listening to the song Barbie Girl by Aqua too much. So I was not 
no longer permitted to listen listen to, to, oh, listen to music basically or <laughs> purchase song. music good song yes it is good song. um and so i was I, I had a very large pop sensibility that still remains to this day so it's still it's somewhat hard for me to enter into music like pre-2000s i have a hard time delving into it i need kind of some context i need to read lyrics i need to be alongside it and the beatles wasn't that like i just know them from like music movie soundtracks and from you know the general oeuvre of beatles right so uh that's kind of my preconceived notion uh this is my first time listening through this album first time hearing a lot of these beatles songs like to me the beatles are like you know, like when movies started, there was the train that drove towards the screen and people got scared. <laughs> the Beatles is like that yes. to me when I hear them go like. Did like, you run away when you heard it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like when M64 starts and it's like silly and it's like. And it's like this was their first time hearing silly trombones. Like this is people's <laughs> first time hearing this, but not really. But you know, to me, this is the like music equivalent of the train that comes towards the screen where I'm like, I, this is good, but I like where it <laughs> continued to go. You know what I mean? Three, three yeah. and a half stars on letterbox. You give like a train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Train that goes towards you. Scary. Prince <laughs> is scary. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like, okay. So I actually prepared like a whole, like, because, you know, people who've listened to the show up to this point, like, uh, I think the, there are songs that are gen- I try to, like, break down what are my roadblocks to just being into this fully, you know, because I, I, I don't want to be a I, I hate I hate being like a hate. I don't like being like a jerk. I don't like being like dismissive. Be I'm a like, hater. Be no, hater. I, I, I'm not. I, but like I. So, OK, so I broke them down here uh, the, and into like three parts. One is time, context and content, basically. I'd like so one. Basically, I didn't grow up with the Beatles. I have very little to no nostalgia. My mom didn't like put headphones on her belly and go like listen to Octopus Garden or whatever. <laughs> the <laughs> like, best one. Weirdly, my mom did, but then I wasn't allowed to listen to Beatles post uh, post expulsion <laughs> from the womb. Wow. So you were like, I feel like there's an octopus in a garden, but like I can't be sure. Like, <laughs> and then my mom was like, No, there's just Jesus no, there's Christ no. in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus in the sky with, <laughs> with God. God. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um wait so the diamond is the holy spirit i'm yeah, a little yeah. confused <laughs> yeah um so and then after like so not having the nostalgia i haven't spent enough time to fully grasp what they were doing uh so then context like there's you know john lennon 2022 brain like kind of like was a roadblock then also like everyone telling me that's great and so herald heralded it subconsciously made me cross my arms and go okay impress me you know <laughs> like which is mm-hmm. not a good way to listen to music and then because we listen to it for the show it makes me kind of consume the album to say something instead of like to listen which is like a yes. roadblock um and then content i didn't understand their ethos like their ethos was like felt a little shallow at the time like like i get that they ostensibly stand for peace and love and friendship and artistry and stuff like that but it's like such a broad ethos that like you know i didn't really know what that like what it actually was like and in the end the love you take is equal to the love you make like that's kind of like kind of fake deep it's like you know and then like the form i wasn't under i didn't understand or appreciate their craft and to me there seems to be like several modes of beatles songs their compilation songs undeniable 
masterpieces that just belong in the canon, like their teeny bopper Beatles songs, like early Beatles, like when they're mm-hmm. like a boy band, uh, avant-garde druggy songs, uh, songs that could have been written for Monty Python, songs that could have been written for the Wiggles, <laughs> and sometimes and base and there would be overlap. Like some songs would be like masterpieces that would be like kind of children's songs and stuff like that. So I didn't really like I didn't know how to like square like all the different sensibilities that would come together in a in an album basically it was like it felt very very formless at the time but with this album i kind of get it a little more but we'll talk about some more so grace uh (laughs) okay i'll go through quick but first i want to say two things you are if it makes you feel better the thing you said about the wiggles this is something i love about the beatles is they like didn't like their songs (laughs) john would call so many of paul's songs he'd be like this is he would call them grandma songs he'd be like this is a song for (laughs) a grandma so mm-hmm. you're not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I like about the Beatles. They are for everyone. And like, John didn't even like some of the songs and some of the songs by Paul could have easily been for the Wiggles, you know? Mm-hmm. And also a thing I think I'll say is that something you noted about how like, you know, the lyrics in the end, you in, in and in the end, the love you make, blah, blah, blah. Something uh, that George Martin, who's like often considered the fifth Beatle said about this album in particular, it was like, it's kind of pretentious, which like, it's interesting. I listened to this album when I was a child for the first time, and you don't really understand the concept of like pretentiousness. So you're just like, this is magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I can understand how it would be coming at it from like not only a podcast host perspective, which I, I can empathize with as someone who's had to like listen to a lot of albums just so that I can talk about them in four hours. <laughs> but then also just like as an as an adult and ha- and having like the wide scope of like what art is, what good art is. I didn't know what good art was. So I just thought that like it was really cool, but I can mm-hmm. see how like, you know, as a new listener, it could, e- I don't think I'll ever get that because it's so deeply ingrained in me, but I can mm-hmm. easily see how someone could be like, and even so much of this, so much of Sergeant Pepper, I'm like, yeah, these lyrics are dumb as fuck, but, yeah, like, exactly. techni- <laughs> but technically like as a technical thing, it is like a masterpiece, but some of it mm-hmm. is like George went to India for six weeks and wrote like the dumbest lyrics ever being like, oh, I'm so spiritual now, but in that same track, like he's doing, he broke boundaries by including the sitar, but the lyrics are stupid as fuck. You know, okay, so the stupid as fuck <laughs> lyrics are kind of fun on this album, Sometimes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like. I don't know. If there's a buy-in factor for sure, yeah. And also, and also, like they're very serious about their silly lyrics too. It's not like random and like stuff like that. They kind of like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is like kind of an art piece about he saw his like son's painting and stuff like that and went like what if i wrote a song about this and stuff like that (laughs) and i think it's important too that like at this point and i and grace i can't you may have touched on this but like kind of setting yeah like setting the stage as far as where they're at right now it's like they had just basically said we're not touring anymore and so they're like it's it's that mixed with like we're tired of being the beatles that you guys know and so we're going to create this persona and just basically fuck around and see what happens. No so, deadlines. Like, like yeah. Yeah. Like, 700 no. hours in the studio. Like, so many. like we're and just going to write what we want, play what we want, like say what we want. It took yeah. them four months. And meanwhile, their first studio album, Please Please Me, took them 35 hours to record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, this was definitely, definitely different. <laughs> Wait, before we move on, I just want to clarify. George R. R. Martin was in the Beatles. That is so yeah, crazy. That's why. That's he why was. he. That's why he was like. Uh, he didn't finish his books. He's too busy producing <laughs> Beatles albums. <laughs> Beatles when they <laughs> when they released so the White Album, the Beatles called themselves the White Walkers. Actually, uh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. What about like what about Grace? Like you said, like what is your history with the Beatles? Um, I guess I'm like uh, a lot of you. A lot of you guys wear 
I don't really remember the first time I heard the Beatles uh, because it was just like you grow up and you know that a dog is an animal and you know that the Beatles is music. No one's ever like, Mm -hmm. this is what the Beatles are. You just know the same way. No one's ever like a dog, by the way, is an animal. You're just like, oh, I know a dog is an animal when I'm two. Um, So I, you know, my dad, my parents are both musicians and um, my dad was in a a band and my mom played classical music, uh, classical piano growing up and my dad sang and uh yeah so i think it's very interesting some of my first like a lot of my early memories of my of my mom is is uh playing the solo on the piano for lovely rita and she played a lot of um there's a lot of like ragtime like vaudeville sort of piano mm-hmm, solos mm-hmm. and beatles songs mostly all played by george martin mm-hmm. not the <laughs> the writer <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh and then you know i have memories of my dad banging out Lady Madonna, just sitting there and like, you know, just very, very representative of who my parents were. But so the Beatles are really big and and my dad was a huge fan. And uh, so, yeah, so I listened to it very, very much growing up um, all the time. And then something that happened was the invention of the, the Blackberry, which was I got a phone for my, in, I got a basically the internet in my room uh, and I would sneak my Blackberry up and, and I was, my dad would, you know, be like, my parents were like, we would play the Beatles. And my dad would be like, this is what they're saying here. And like, sometimes there would be British words in the song um, or like, you know, British sayings I didn't get. My mom would be like, that's what this means. Bangers and, and mash. Yeah, oh, Lou yeah. is a bathroom. Yeah. The queen. I'd be like, who's that? And <laughs> um, they're talking about the band. Timely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, what happened was like, it was honestly like having a Blackberry in my bed and loving the Beatles and go and, and going like, you know, I'm a junior in high school and I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for every single Beatles song and being like, this is fucking incredible. This is amazing. Like, I'm just like, this is so cool. Uh, and then that's what kicked off my Beatles obsession. And I'm talking like obsession. I, you know, when I was like in my early twenties, it was to the point where, uh, there was no wall space visible on my walls, completely covered by the Beatles. I could tell when a picture was taken just by looking at it. Uh, mm. I, I could, you know, if you had played me the outtake of a Beatles track, I could tell you like, okay, the bass is lower on this or, or, you know, um, you know, there's, there's no piano or the piano solo is different or whatever. It got like very, very, <laughs> I was very, very obsessed. And, and in, you know, as I've grown older and because I am so curious, like I, you know, the Beatles, my obsession has gotten like a little less severe as I've gotten older and into more music. But I, the way I kind of think about the songs, at least, you know, I, sometimes I don't remember every single story. Like I used to be able to be like, John had just come back from uh, vacation with Cynthia when they were recording this or whatever. <laughs> but but as far as the music goes, it's it's almost like it feels like wallpaper in my brain where like the stuff in the middle it changes in the room. But like I'm always I just I'm always going to remember every kick drum. I'm going to remember every mm. drum fill or whatever. Mm. And then the, finally, I think the most important part of my Beatles journey is this book that I'm going to grab right now. So my dad had this book because he was in Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Game of Thrones. (laughs) One book. Uh, It's called The Beatles Complete Scores. It is very big. Wow. And what it is, is it is every single Beatles song, but not just every single song. It is every single sound that you hear is written out. So like, it is a full ass score. I think it was transcribed, obviously, because the Mm. Beatles, they didn't write shit down because they didn't know how to read music. So (laughs) someone did like a very loving job of transcribing all of this. And so a a very like, I'm telling you, I bought this new one when I got older and moved into my own place. But this was my dad's. And I swear to God, the cover was falling off. I was like going through it. I mean, because I'm hearing like, you know, I'm. 
10 or whatever. And I'm hearing like that Mr. Kite song. And I'm like, this is crazy. What the fuck is that sound? What's that sound? <laughs> like what's happening here? And I could go in to, to this book and go to the Mr. Kite thing and see every single sound that was happening during a song, which has a lot of shit going on in it. And mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, you would almost think that like, oh, uh, you know, that's, it's the equivalent of seeing where the sausage sausage is made and it loses its magic. But for me, it was like, amazing to see it all written out and know that like, this is what it looks like. And this is how complex songs are. And there's, this is like, there's eight things going on in songs. It was just like, this book was so, so, so formative for me. Um, and yeah, I just like, you know, I, I read it till the cover fell off. And so that was pretty, pretty big for me. And so the Beatles were kind of how I discovered really how to like, listen to music critically and, and with sort of like, uh, you know, analyzing it, whether I knew it or not. So that's kind of like where wow. I stand on, on the Beatles, but it's a great book. <laughs> well, it's so, it's so cool too. Cause it's like, once you, it's like, yeah, seeing the scores, you're like, oh shit, there's so much thought that went into this. And also like, what you, like you were talking about earlier, like when you know the history of like, like just general history and also like the history of music and recording, it's like, no one could have done this at the time except the Beatles really. And the going off of like the equipment they had, it's like, you just get such an appreciation of their artistry. Like yeah, they didn't have like Logic Pro or whatever. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, you know? No, no, they had a four yeah. track recording. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why Ringo Starr is so obsessed with Photoshop or Microsoft Paint. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this new fake old contraption? <laughs> like, Wait, is Ringo obsessed with Photoshop Paint? He's like, oh my god, Grace, <laughs> look up I these things. They're all look forever up. twenty years old in my mind. I know his tweets can sometimes be so th- silly. Is it like a tweet thing? No, it's like he, the thing he's doing now is like, he's, oh, did you just Google? I just Googled it. These it are truly, <laughs> truly MS Paint. You were yeah. not yeah. Yes, yes, no. And he makes lots of them. There's one that says like, it's like a, like a pink lady, like winking and like with like gnarled specific <laughs> lips and teeth. And then on the side, it says your baby. <laughs> the, <laughs> the 2005 <laughs> ones are the best ones for sure. Oh my I God. Do love that, I do love that. He's just like, yeah, like tweeting uh, foot photos now. And saying, yeah, peace just, and love. Peace and love. Here's my foot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my other favorite, like, be, like Ringo tweet is him going like, Hmm, I just saw Beatles incest porn. Don't do that. <laughs> like, so like, or something along the yeah, like I oh my god. I forgot I was on my I almost Googled that. I'm on my work computer and I was like, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> but then I remembered. They're like, you get called in, you're in trouble, but not for Googling that, for Googling Ringo Star Microsoft paint. paint. <laughs> yeah, like, this is not this is great. This is not great. It says your baby. What does that even mean? <laughs> what fifty dollars get off of that oh he tweeted and said hmm saw beatles fetish art don't do that (laughs) (laughs) okay that's a little better i guess (laughs) um okay so let's get into is there any like yeah is there any like uh i didn't i did like some research but i knew that grace would be able to fill us in a lot yeah so is there is there any like necessary like history and uh that we yes. should g- get into before getting to the themes of this album and stuff yes and i will go and i will tell you so basically <laughs> oh, okay. let's okay let's set the freaking scene i just think this is such a because i think this is one of the, like the most interesting albums to just talk about beforehand because this is the first time ever the beatles were like we are going to make an album that we are not performing live 
the first time mm-hmm. ever. Even yep. even though it does, you know, resemble Revolver and some of it being experimental, they still perform some Revolver tracks live, and it didn't turn out great. So so basically, <laughs> it's like late 1965, 1966, and they are so tired of singing live for a few reasons. One, they these guys cannot hear themselves. They are going to these stadiums and they can't even hear shit. Um, and you know, early Beatles, like Love Me Do, it's pretty formulaic. It's pretty standard. I'm sure if you could like hear Ringo just keeping up like a simple 4-4 time, they could handle it. But as the Beatles are growing, they are experimenting with um, time signatures and it's getting a little less like, you know, la li la 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 sort of formulaic. Um, and they're also, they also started using double tracking to do these really like lush vocal harmonies. So like the song mm-hmm. Paperback Writer and Andrew Bird Can Sing, which is off Revolver. They're really lush. And it's also just like, there's nine voices happening at once or whatever in Paperback Writer. And there's only four Beatles on stage. So it's really hard to sing, especially if you're doing really close harmonies. And a really important part is to be able to hear what's going on around you so you can find yourself. You know, if you're supposed to be singing this one chord, you got to know who's above and below you so that you can, you know, nail the chord. And so they can't hear each other while they're singing. Ringo's starting to do like little drum fills and stuff. And, you know, and they're getting lost in all of the sound and stuff. And also they they hated tour, like they just hated touring. I think they had done like a stint in the, the Philippines and Japan. And it was very like, it was very much like, okay, at 9.05, you're getting out of the car. At 9.10, we're going down the elevator. Mm-hmm. And these are guys who like are so rich now and want to smoke so much pot. That they're just like, I don't want to, I don't want to get in the car at 905. I want to sit in the garden and whatever. And then also, and I don't think this, like people also credit like, well, you know, John had said that really controversial thing about the big, the Beatles, the Beatles being <laughs> bigger than Beatles being bigger than Jesus Christ. And so the Beatles because, being bigger than jiggle, like, like, yeah, they were like biggling and jiggling. And America was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, so their ticket sales had like decreased. So people are like, oh, America didn't want to hear them anymore. So they didn't tour, but I honestly don't, I think they just cared about, I love talking about them. Like I know them, but I, I honestly like don't, I don't think it was ticket sales. I think they just wanted to be able to hear each other and to sing. Um, So they take like a little hiatus and what do they do in this time? Okay. A few things, George Harrison, when they were filming help, there's a scene where they're at an Indian restaurant and there are these sitar players there and some like, you know, it's the sitar players are just in the background and he's like, this shit sounds great. And he starts to like really enjoy it and he puts a little sitar in um uh, norwegian wood i think and then he puts mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. sitar in love you too uh but like sort of still still primarily pop and stuff but like with hints of of sitar and indian classical music and then you know for six weeks after they stop touring he goes to uh india and studies the sitar with ravi shankar for like six weeks uh and during this time paul is also kind of taking john to these like avant-garde shows and these art shows um, to see weird bands and, and and stuff like that. And also Paul had just finished scoring a movie with John, uh, with George Martin. So he was like kind of getting into arranging and, and orchestral shit. Really great. I, I always want to sh- shout out Carl Heinz Stockhausen, who was an avant-garde German composer. And I love talking about him because he is one of my favorite avant-garde works, which is called String Quartet for Helicopter which is a, no joke, uh, a string, it is, it calls for four string players and four helicopters with a pilot. And that's the piece (laughs) of music that he wrote. Obviously he wrote this, I think in like the eighties, there's a great YouTube documentary on watching a a quartet play this piece of like four (laughs) helicopter thing. So they really love, so, so, so Paul's like really into him. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
so Paul's really into him and like John Cage and and he's also listening to pet sounds and liking the way Brian Wilson put instruments together and and so uh and I think uh Carl like Stockhausen is on the cover of he's in the background because there's so many people on the album cover so Stockhausen the helicopter guy is in the uh, is Whoa. on the cover of Sergeant Pepper um so yeah and they're also inspired by like tape loops reverse tape uh you know like like Sean you were saying like really getting technical and getting into the being able to probably because they had so much money I'm assuming being yeah. able to play around with uh stuff in the recording studio like you know I forget which song it was, but one of the songs on Sgt. Pepper, they're like, just rip up all the tape men and put it back together and that will be a song or whatever. Like they're just <laughs> they're just truly fucking around because they can. Mm -hmm. um, so they're on hiatus and and also the press is kind of being like, oh, the Beatles are drying up. No one wants to see them anymore, which is like which only makes Paul mad every because Paul is just like I see him as just like he's very image focused. He's like the workaholic of the group, you know, uh, and so this kind of like pisses him off a little bit and i think that's important because i don't know if you picked up on it but this album is primarily just a paul album these are mostly paul songs yeah. mm -hmm. and, and 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 so much so that ringo has said on multiple like occasions that his big takeaway from this album is that he learned how to play chess it's because he had so little to do <laughs> uh because they would just like so much of it wasn't just like sitting at the drum track and even still i'm like pretty sure it might have been the White Album, but very often Paul would go in and re-record Ringo's drums anyways. <gasps> uh, I know. Damn. I think it was I think it was White Album. But still, like the, the drums were being overdubbed after after Ringo had left or whatever. Ringo's so, like, oh, I sound good on this one. And they're like, you <laughs> sure do, Ringo, you sure do. I was like, yeah, great. See you tomorrow. And then you go <laughs> back in there. So Damn. if um, only I could paint on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> wait till he gets a hold of chess on a computer oh my god <laughs> wow so oh, uh so okay so they're like on their hiatus and then and then john records um strawberry fields forever which isn't on the album and a lot of people think it is george martin says his biggest regret is not putting it on the album but it's this kind of like psychedelic song that inspires them to be like okay wait like let's do some more of this shit we love this shit um, also Paul often brings up that like when Elvis got older around this age, he had stopped touring. And the thing that instead of Elvis touring, he would just put his Cadillac, his gold Cadillac on tour. It would be like Elvis's <laughs> car is on tour. And Paul was like, that's awesome. We should just put our album on tour. Like that's what it should be. Uh, and he was like inspired by Elvis being like, fuck y'all. Like, just look at my car and, and I'm going to sit here or whatever. Um, so they come up with this idea for like a concept album. And when I say they, I'm telling you, like, it's mostly Paul. Paul. Like, it's mostly yeah. Paul. Mm -hmm. all of this. And even when like you hear the Beatles talk about this album, all of the three Beatles besides Paul, like have kind of distanced themselves from it. In interviews, Paul's like, it was great. It, it came out. I threw a party. I was so happy. And, and George is just like, man, I was out like I was my brain was in India. And Ringo's just like I was playing chess and thinking and dreaming of a day where I could paint on the computer. And, and John is and John is just like sad and doing drugs or whatever. It's yeah. like so yeah. it is like literally a pet sound situation of like yeah, Brian Wilson. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so that's kind of like that. If that helps you like set the mm -hmm. stage for it, that they were just like, we've got all this time, we've got all this money. Paul is like, I want to fucking show the press that like we're doing some weird shit. We really love this avant-garde stuff. But then also like there's stuff you know when i'm 64 is not on my guard in fact that was one of the first songs paul ever wrote i mean he's a he's a grandma song guy he wrote songs for grandma yeah. like you know yeah that, that's a big grandma song it's a huge oh my God, big it's grandma, grandma energy song. uh yeah so that's like that's that's kind of like what i 
I'm just like, okay, these guys just wanted to like be artsy. Did they nail it? No. Like, do they always nail it? No. But like, could they afford mm-hmm. to? And it was also like the 60s. So, you know, people were experimenting with shit. People were on drugs. People were mad about stuff. It was, you know, it was the, I think this was like around the time of like the summer of love or the flower summer or whatever the shit was called. Yeah. And this like kind of pushed the summer of love forward into yeah. like, the US and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, um, let's transition. Well, first of all, Grace, thank you so much for like that's uh, yeah, I that was awesome. loved hearing mm-hmm. that. That was so cool. Like um that, that was awesome. Um, I was about get... to say all that, but it's <laughs> yeah. no, and I could tell I could tell too, and I was like, Oh, I'll do it. You can get the next one. I kept yeah. opening my mouth is and then I was like, Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That too. <laughs> he's yeah, like, right, right. he's letting oh, yeah, the yeah, woman yeah. speak. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're listening and you're learning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Truly um, though. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, ally, but like, <laughs> like, okay, so let's talk about what this album is about. Like, what do, let's um go through like the uh the the three plebeians first, and then let's hear from the expert a little bit. Uh, Michael, what do you think this album is about? What do you think the thematic territory is? Uh, let me think. I think it might be like a concept album about Sergeant <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's like got some silliness to it. I know you guys are saying it's like serious in its, it's silliness, so silly, but yeah, it's so silly. The whole thing That's is silly. like, uh, I don't know. It's like uses Mister Kite, like being for the benefit of Mister Kite. It's like a crazy song. That's silly title for that song like it's kind of to me it feels like a way to have fun and kind of do something outside of your that's what i think about a lot of the like alias albums like it's to be able to try something new you know Mm -hmm. and apparently the alias of sergeant pepper lonely hearts club band means paul mccartney but uh you know (laughs) i I didn't hear the song where it said i'm gonna get a lot of plastic surgery in the future and look like a grandma but (laughs) Apparently that was in there somewhere. That's a hidden wait, do you think, do you think, wait, does Paul look like a grandma? I mean, does he? Have yeah, I guess he definitely has had work done, and he's like he's, very like. Yeah, he's like he, gram- he has grandma that. He's work. afflicted with the same thing like Rodney Malik has, where he looks like he's always eating chips. Like, so like, ah, like yeah, like, vegan chips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, what about Sean? What do you think this is about? Like, Wait, I wasn't done. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? No, I have no idea what, like, lyrically, what this album is about, really. Um, it's about I Mr. Fe- Kite. <laughs> it's all about Mr. Kite. <laughs> it's so, uh, I feel like it's very all over the place. But I do, I guess, kind of what Michael was saying, it's just that having creative freedom, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah creating... Yes, because they were at that point where it's it's like, yeah, kind of not like fuck the audience, but like, yeah, we're going to make what we want to make. touring at the very least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, we want to make what we want to make. And but yeah, I have no idea. Like, I feel like thematically these songs are all over the place and like trying to do the research of what these songs are about. It's like. Oh, this song's about a drawing my son did. This song's about a poster I saw. This song's about <laughs> yes. LSD, maybe. I don't know. It's like and, creative writing prompts in college and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, yes. But and that's the whole thing is like it's it's I feel like in theory it shouldn't work cohesively, but because all these songs are so all over the place and none of them really seem to like fit together, they somehow fit together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I don't know. And Grace may have my better yeah no i don't think you're wrong i think it's like 
I just think because of the nature of the Beatles, it's really at this point, just like three guys who want to do their own thing and then Ringo. (laughs) And so, of course, you're not going to have like a cohesive sound to it when Mm -hmm. uh, people feel like it's kind of like one guy just sort of being in charge of it. But I think like I try to imagine this album if it I mean, even still, like it is a concept album, but they pretty much abandon the concept after one song. So they do the intro as Sgt. Pepper. They say, here's Billy Billy Shears. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, fuck. And then they're like, "Okay, let's do the last song as a closer. (laughs) It's like if like um, George, like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien came into like his agent and was like, "Okay, I got this great idea for like a series of three books. And then the agent's like, "Okay, great. What is it? Okay." What if there's a short king named Sam? <laughs> like that's about it. That's all they came. Like three books. <laughs> we gotta do that. Yeah. Like that's like... true. That's truly it. And also, these guys are like something that really upsets me is that Paul. They were t- 24 when they made this. Isn't that upsetting? Damn. I made something this good when I was 24. Yeah. Uh, uh, me too. I wrote a BuzzFeed listicle. It ruled. <laughs> <laughs> At least you did something when you were 24. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, no, I I think it's like, but also, so these guys were all doing their own thing and then they were on so many drugs. I mean, Paul, Paul kind of towards the end, he like did some drugs, but they were just like doing drugs all the time. And so it just wasn't great. It doesn't really, I don't know. It's hard. Like, what is the theme? I guess the theme is like experimentation in the, in the sixties or whatever. Yeah. And, and the theme is the culture at the moment. And, and yeah. people, you know, there's a whole generation of people who, are pissed off at their, you know, like the, the reason why everyone loved it so much is because, you know, it was a time when people like they were mad at their parents who were living yeah. in the twenties and thirties and the depression mm. and the war had fucked them up. And now here are all these people being like, uh, you know, songs that may have drug references and they may not, but isn't it more fun to sort of assign a drug reference to it or something like that? Mm. So, so much of this album, I mean, it's great. Technically I think it's amazing. Is it cohesive? Eh, I don't know. Not really. But like, is another reason mm. why it's just like, I mean, people will literally be like, oh, I remember when Kennedy got shot. And I remember when I first heard Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. Because, yeah. Everyone was like, like, I read somewhere that like radio stations were playing the whole album. Just like on like, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, But also too, like, yeah, as a concept album, I'm like, I can kind of hear it. But I think this really like, I think Pet Sounds is more of a concept album than Sgt. Pepper's. But I don't, but I think the difference is like, people didn't listen to pet sounds like it didn't have commercial acclaim you know whereas like mm-hmm. this came out and everyone's like oh it's the beatles like of mm-hmm. course it's mm-hmm. like right oh it's genius you know like this is great and so i think that's why like yeah. this album got a lot of inspiration from pet sounds but it's i think it just performed better because it's the beatles also for sure and also pet sounds like the songs kind of sound the same whereas like yeah on sergeant pepper you have within you without you which is just like primarily sitar yeah and then you have like lovely Rita, like a nice English song about a lady, you know, so <laughs> it's but but I think that like, for me, that appeals to my like ADD sort of style of listening yeah, yeah, all yeah. different types of music. I think it's like an ode to people who love music, you know, I'm just like, here are guys who like loved something so much. Paul, you know, Frank Sinatra inspired when I'm 64, Robbie Shankar inspired, um, uh, within you without you and 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 John Lennon was inspired by drugs and and anger and his life and and mm-hmm. stuff like that and so I and I like that I think I think that's great it's a band of like yeah. three very distinct or four very distinct musicians and it's an album that uh you know is an att- attest to that 
It's like if like, you know, One Direction was like still together today, like and all those different styles are like happening at the same time. It would be like they were kind of all on the same page when they were on doing their thing and then they splintered off. But like, what if they had to be together? Like they continued, like they would still like like there'd be a Harry song. There would be a Zayn song and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, So. My interpretation, like, and Grace, like, you know, like, enlighten me if I'm wrong or I need, you know, more context or something like that, um, is like, there's like the, there's the archetype of the Beatles as the matriarch, patriarch, craftsman, and clown. Like, that's like kind of one of those archetypes. And like, there's, and, you know, like, my understanding of the Beatles is like John and Paul were the leaders, basically. And like, the other two were like, you know, craftsman and clown. And so the Paul side is like, kind of like just unfettered creativity. Like I want to do this cool concept. I want to, I want to dress us up in like, you know, these uniforms and stuff. Uh, like Paul came in like, Oh, what if we wrote a song about like uh, a Mitame that was a lady and she was cute and stuff. And then John's like, Oh, sounds good. What if I wrote a song about a poster? I saw like, it's just like, kind of like, <laughs> like, and then like George is like, I did a whole eat, pray, love thing. <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. So like that unfettered creativity, just like this, like whatever idea, you, like, you know, obviously there's probably infighting. There's probably like that song sucks and stuff like that. Like there's probably a little bit of that, but like there's that side. And like, you know, I dubbed that the matriarch side. And then there's the other side of like the John Lennon element. And like, I think my interpretation of some of these songs is like, this is John Lennon trying to reckon with the wreckage of his first marriage a little bit. Like, does that like, is that correct? Like the idea of like in, in like, uh, just like, what's it called? Getting better. He admits like, like in indirectly admits to like, you know, domestic violence and then just like, you know, making that bad. And then it's like, I never thought he like addressed it like, directly and stuff like that like yeah no you're absolutely right that's like the one lyric he contributed to getting better was about beating his wife or whatever i don't know you're totally right i don't know there's part of me and it might be because i i just like feel like i know the beat like i think john in a sense did reckon with it but then sometimes i'm just like he didn't yeah he did sometimes they're just like he thought it would make a good song or whatever i, I don't know yeah. we don't know what, what he's thinking i mean is this the first time he's ever like had any self like self-reflection about what he's done i think later like he definitely gets darker like you know in in the white album he's singing about like i'm lonely i want to die and you know happiness is a warm gun and all that but yeah mm. i guess this is like probably i mean you know on the previous album you know there's like i mean well on rubber soul he sings i'd rather see you dead than be with another man uh, mm-hmm. And it's like one of the most upbeat songs, but that's just sort of like a hypothetical. This is kind of the first time where he's like, yeah, I did some, some fucked up shit. I don't, that's the thing. That's the thing that's tough with me about the Beatles, especially John. It's like, he was a piece of shit. Like they were not great guys. Right. They were bad. Like they were pretty mm-hmm. bad. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to read into John when like, let's see, he, he does Lucy in the sky. He has good morning, good morning, which is a song about like a, a breakfast commercial. I- <laughs> but, then he has a, but then he has a day in a li- a day in the life where his voice just sounds like an angel from heaven, mm-hmm. you know, singing these like, you know, I, I think a lot of like I think he was doing like the equivalent of doom scrolling at this time in whatever fashion that it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, doom, yeah, yeah, paper boy yeah, calling he, downing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. 
Yeah. So he's just like, the world is shit. This shit sucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got Paul doing like a jaunty piano piece. I think that's why the <laughs> day in the life is so interesting because it's like, yeah, here's John. And then it's like, here's Paul being like, I got up and I put on my hat and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's beautiful. I love that song. It, it's I think, again, like it, I think it adds a lot at the John, the darkness of John adds so much texture to like what could have been just like blah, 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 jaunty fun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the the more the, the more just like this theory is just like, you know, sometimes he's directly acknowledging and re- expressing remorse. The idea sometimes but it's also him sidestepping the issue a little bit like I'm like and she's leaving home could be interpreted as like he sees himself in and I don't know it's a Paul song but like I kind of read into a little bit of like he sees himself in the daughter who left a little bit and like um you know fixing a hole with a little help from my friends when I'm 64 is just like what this artistic utopia this is what I actually want and like it's interesting it's like it's like um and those two ideas the darkness of John and like the creativity of Paul, like they feed into each other really, which is probably why they like stuck together for so long in, in a sense too. I mm-hmm. think, yeah. And I think they were like, I think around this time, like George had left and they all wanted to be broken up. But I think like when you have a good thing, you just are like, fuck, we're good at this, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, I guess let's just do this together. And I think also a lot of, towards the end, there's like a lot of Paul being like, no, that's my song. And John's like, no, that's my song. But some of like the really great moments in this is like, oh, yeah, Paul helped me add this part and John helped yeah. me add this part yeah. and stuff like that. And then they kind of do it less in, in White Album, which is like this. I mean, uh, Sgt. Pepper's like 13 tracks. And then in White Album, they do le- like everyone kind of which is the album following this, I think. Yes. Yes. They Everyone stops sort of doing collaboration. And that's why it's like 40 tracks, because people are like we're not going to make this a cohesive thing. Like we're all just going to do whatever we want to do. And these are all just basically, they're basically just like little solo songs, but this is, I would say is like the last time I think that even though it's, it's hard because it, it guys, it really is mostly a Paul album, but I would say that like, this is primarily the last time they were like, let's do something together kind of. And like, mm-hmm. we don't hate each other. Cause then towards the end, they just like hated each other, which is sad. I mean, did you guys watch the get back thing? I did not. No. Oh, it's fine. Well, they all hated each other. And then, <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> that's what I heard. They, yeah, yes. they just, rep- everyone just wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I love it. But then it's also like, I feel like when people listen to music, they can sometimes be blinded by nostalgia. Whereas in like, God, I saw a fucking tweet. It was like a year ago, but it pissed me off. It was like the charts from 2011 and it was pure and it was okay songs. It was like dynamite by Jason Derulo or yeah, whatever. People yeah. were like music used to be better. And I'm like, no, it, it really didn't. You just like think that you, it's just like, it, it makes people think that it's really good. And yeah. I, I sometimes have to check myself, especially with this, where I'm just like, even she's leaving home. I'm just like, this is a bland song about a sad girl. And it's really not, there's really not that much to it after that. You know, I think it has like less soul than, you know, within you, without you. So I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard. I feel like I, when I talk about Beatles, sometimes I've got nostalgia blinders on. Let's get into, let's go into, let's get the highlights and lowlights right this break. Oh, yeah. Click. That's why it's hard for me to plug in to older music just because it feels so like underproduced, which isn't a bad thing. It's just something I'm not used to. So, yeah. I, and that's another reason why I think it's important to have like, like I can hear a Sophie song that just sounds like someone went crazy with a bunch of pots and pans, but like electronically in a kitchen. And that sounds amazing to me. But then I'm like, okay, 
I got to like put on my Beatles hat and be like, okay, this is, you know, and know the context and be like, right. The fact that they could do this then is like maybe the Sophie equivalent. Yeah, this is the pots and pans of the 60s. Of the 60s. And just sort of Mm -hmm. being able to. That's what I even mean by like, this is like train coming towards audience. (laughs) Like That's what I mean. That's that's how people felt. No, that's such a great, that's such a great encapsulation of how people felt. They were just like, especially with so much of the Beatles, they're like, what the fuck is this? This is, you, you can't do this. Right. Oh my God, like I'm going to die. Like, it's, exactly. Right. So, um, I don't know. I'm at the forefront now and people, you know, in 50 years are going to be like, you know, Olivia's great granddaughter, who's also an, and- Olivia Rodrigo's great granddaughter, who's an Android is making music. And I'm like, I hate it. <laughs> Sounds bad. We should go back oh, to I- the old music, but like, you know, roll with me by Charlie XCX. That's a classic. <laughs> I know. I love thinking about like, what's going to be classic to me and what my kids are going to be like, turn that shit off. <laughs> right. Yeah. An oldie. And it's like about like eating gum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even able to understand the lyrics. It's like all going to be, it's all going to be written like Elon Musk baby's name. Like I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of it. <laughs> and there were probably songs about eating cum back in the sixties. They're like, just like kind of like more disguised. Yes. I think so. And also there's a rumor that the Beatles would all suck each other off too. Which is <laughs> yes, I didn't, know. We we didn't want to bring other. it up. Like, I don't, <laughs> You cannot. So I think the New York Post might have done obviously like a very <laughs> funny. Post. I think because you know how their headlines are. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. I'm on my work computer. Uh, fingers crossed, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get by with a little help from my friends. You yeah. Know? Oh, maybe that's filling a was. hole. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was beat the needles. <laughs> Uh, that's really clever yeah, actually beat the needles smell like needles beat the needles like, is yes, so good welcome to the show welcome to Ivan to listen to that we're back <laughs> oh so man good. you guys are, I'm gonna check in with you guys and be like well I got fired because I Google <laughs> can I come back on the off. show again <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, please I'll do a song and dance <laughs> I need an income revenue um, but like um Welcome to the show. This is what we're back with the great Grace Spellman, uh, who's gifted Wait, us. We should with... keep some of that that we said. Though. That yes, was interesting. of course. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, like, okay. Yeah, I want to. Like, I'll, it's, it's... I'll be so furious if you don't include. That. I was like, that was the only beat good the, thing I've said this whole episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, not that. Let's talk about Sophie. Keep that. <laughs> oh, yeah, keep that too. <laughs> okay, beat the Beatles is better than what I said. Whatever. No, uh, no, I saw. No. Gonna... <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, let's talk. Grace, what do you like to talk about? Low light songs or highlight songs first? Mm, let's go with uh, low lights. Okay, uh, I think just like some of the sillier songs, like are less effective than like the more beautiful kind of. Uh, and it, it, I think like uh, for example, like Mister Kite, that song is like when the lyric when the lyrics are just like kind of more abstract and elemental i'm kind of like i check out a little bit like where some of these other songs that like i try to like okay what is this about like, blah, blah, blah. it's like i'm less interested of like lucy in the sky diamonds the idea of just like trying to understand the lyrics there i just like feel it i just kind of like like oh this is like i love the beat switch i love the you know mm-hmm. i love the change and stuff like that um the yeah like that yeah but sean what's a low life for you i see that's i was going off of mr kite similar to where it's like this man just like read a poster and like wrote the (laughs) words down but it makes up for it because there's so much happening that it's just like you could listen to it a million times and probably pick up on something new new thing yeah and to me that's like okay this has won me over 
So it's a low light and a highlight, I guess. Um, I don't really remember she's leaving home that much. Wow. Um, that's the is that the slower one that has the string <laughs> section? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think just because like the rest of the album is so wild that it's it doesn't stand out as much to me. I'm with but, you, Sean. Yeah, and it's like I don't really dislike any of these songs per se. It's just like some stand out more than others. So I'm I'm on kind of the opposite of you, Andrew. I like the sillier songs on this, the more abstract ones kind of fall off for me. Although I, my my lowlights are going to be the titular Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and the reprise. I'm kind of like, okay, I get it. Like, those were kind of skips on my re-listen through the album because it's like, it's a little too on the nose. It's like, welcome to our show. We are the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band. Here's one band Here's... member's name. I know. Yes. <laughs> it does, it's not to serve a purpose. Right. Here's our album. And then at the end, it's like, thanks for listening. <laughs> this has been Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. You know, like, like, I don't care. Right. It's not like a Kanye West college dropout where it's like, here's the intro. Here's a skit in the middle. Here's, right. you know, uh, here's yeah. a story or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ringo's workout plan, new workout plan. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like light bulbs. I'm like, all right, I gotta write that. Song. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, good. wait. <laughs> I like there. There's like a moment I like from the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Heart Club Band songs is just like the weird laugh track moments where like it reminds me of like these old like Steve Martin records where like he would do a physical bit. And the listener would just like not know what it is, but like it's like only the audience would themselves would know what they're laughing at. And it's just like kind of like it's driven people crazy. It's just like, what did he do? And stuff like that. And like, I'll never tell. Like, kinda like that. <laughs> I think they've said that too. We're like, yeah, some stuff we just did to like fuck with the listeners. <laughs> like, right. So, I mean, it's no the joke in Only Murders in the Building I keep thinking about where they find out Selena Gomez is dating a woman and they go, oh my gosh, you're gay? And then someone goes, no, she's bisexual. Being bisexual is chic now. And then he goes, it's not like when I was married to my wife and I had to hide that she was a lesbian, which I think <laughs> is a very good joke. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Grace, what's a low light song for you from this album? I will say that I think She's Leaving Home is not, I think it's kind of, I think it's boring. Uh, I think it could. it's a skip for me. Um, I, when I was little, I liked it because it scared me. And also a very funny story that I texted my sister about yesterday when I told her I was going on the show, she would like a thing I would do to her when she was little is I would be like, I remember we played Jesus walks and I'd be like, this song's about the devil. And she would, cry <laughs> and, she would and, I, and I would play Jesus walks really loud for her. She'd be like, turn it off. And I'd be like, if you listen to the song too many times, you're going to go to hell. Even though we were <laughs> I was like, even though we were not religious at all. I just like, cause it's scary. It's a scary well, you, song. If your mom's not going to do it. You better start. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. I was yeah. doing the work of your mom. <laughs> and then I remember my sister was like, what's she leaving? She's leaving home about. And I remember being like, that's a girl who died. She died and she got murdered. <laughs> and I remember being like, the song is about a girl who left the, the house and then she got murdered and her parents were so sad. And I texted my sister about it and I, and I didn't, I was like, Julia, do you remember what I said about she's leaving home? And she just texted me back. She's like, yeah, I'm still pissed. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I really believe that and kind of wanted it to be true. And I was like, me too. And honestly, had that been true, probably would have been a better song, but it just feels very yeah. uninspired to me. And yeah. also, um, it's just like not that great. And, and then I'll say, um, I guess another low light is, um, the lyrics in within you with and without you i think oh are, yeah it's 
Yeah. It's, kind of I, I just think it's like very stupid. But one of my highlights is, you know, the sitar and the strings uh, dancing mm-hmm. with each other in that middle so section cool. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It so sounds cool. really cool. I remember reading like they they had a hard time like translating the two together, basically. And like kind of like because like they would the the references would be different of like how they would read and interpret music and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, it's a miracle that they got it to work. Eastern music is like, we all know that like a scale or or the way that we operate in Western music is like, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Every like, good that's boy our... deserves fudge, face. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. All of the little tricks you learn. <laughs> but in like, but in like Eastern music and in, in like raga music, it's like totally different. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's, it's much more so tonal. Different. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I, I, the, within, without you, I think is bad. I don't like it very much. It's like the, it's my skip. Um, but I do like think it's like kind of like the conscience of the album is in here the, a little bit. The idea of uh, may, like my interpretation of it is like uh, the the line, like try to realize it's all within you. No one else can make you change that. That's really cool. Like because like there's a few songs where it's like um, the the getting better and losing the sky of diamonds. One interpretation is like like it's a woman saving them from themselves a little bit. And then George is here. Like he went on his trip. He went like on the spiritual journey and some of it's like nonsense, but some like he, he comes with this, like a few nuggets of like real wisdom for like his friends and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think every so often there's like a banger in there, but like, it's not <laughs> a, it's not like a Bruce Springsteen where like, those are good lyrics. I mean, it's hard. They're one of my favorite groups, but like, I think some songs are like lyrically amazing, but on this one, no, because I think John is a better lyricist than Paul. And this is a Paul album. So there's a lot of fucking stinkers on this uh, lyrically. Sorry, mm-hmm. Paul. Though I, I do want to say, I don't know when I would say this. Otherwise, this is my favorite Beatles album we've listened to so far. Oh, I yeah, yeah. really like listening to this one. I uh, had a this lot song? of fun. No, this album. Okay. okay. Um, so even though the lyrics are kind of stupid, like, <laughs> I don't know. Rubber Soul was the last one we did, and I didn't like that. Like, I didn't like really how it sounded. I was a little bored. I was not bored listening to this, which I am much... It does a lot for me. Not to say, like, I need to not be bored when I listen to music, but... <laughs> that, he, no, he, that's how Michael I am. Puts, Michael puts on his headphones and goes, entertain me, peasants! I mean, like, yeah. basically. if I'm not entertained, what's the point of listening to music? To some degree, what's the point of listening <laughs> to, to learn? No. I can't imagine. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're like studying for a test. If you're hearing a song and you're like, I'm not enjoying this. That's something that you do like. Right, don't right, to it. right. It's why you're... I refuse to listen to Lana Del Rey's poetry reading album. <laughs> like, no thanks. <laughs> Wait, like truly just reading? Not even yeah, it's like It's like her own poetry. I yeah. went to Starbucks and then <laughs> I made more bucks. And then I wore a little flower crown. That's pretty good. Wow. We're stabbing. We're <laughs> stabbing. The mic yeah, I, just hate, I hate her speaking voice. It really bothers me. That that's how she speaks. <laughs> I've only, I've only, okay. The first video I ever saw of Lana speaking. And I think I laughed so hard because I was like, of course, it's the first thing I've ever heard come out of her mouth. It's the <laughs> selfie she took. And she goes, my next album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Which <laughs> yeah. I thought, those were the first words I ever heard her speak were my next album, yeah. Chemtrails Over the Country Club. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is exactly who you are. And I thought it was so <laughs> yeah. funny. But then but then I got Lana pilled like, yeah. uh, like a few <laughs> months album. ago. 
I no, but uh, I have Norman, never heard Norman any fucking of her Rockwell stuff. is my favorite album, like of all time. It's like a perfect and, album to me. And I was kind of like, because not to go on Lana a bit, but like I Kanye West, you know, is uh, my taste is so boring. I'm like, I love the Beatles and Kanye West and Beyonce. But I really do love Kanye <laughs> KBB. West. Um, oh, what was it? Oh, wait, what was it? Oh, because Kanye loves her. I was like, Kanye loves her, and I'm like, what am I missing something about Lana that Kanye's getting? Because he and I are like, he samples Steely Dan, and I'm like, I I fuck with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. But then I like one day was like with a friend and we were just listening to Lana and I was like, okay, I really get this. Like something I I think like some my brain wants to hear. And I think that's why I like the Sgt. Pepper album so much is I want to hear like lushness. I want to hear this random song. I want to hear that, that, that. But when I was listening to Lana, it's just basically like her in a room and like you can hear the (laughs) piano, you know, because like sometimes you're just like there's a piano being played. But then sometimes when you hear a piano on a track, you're like, I can hear the instrument. Like I can hear the wood. Yeah, yeah the, plunky, the plunky, the plunky of the fingers. The plunkiness. The, yeah. Yep. And I think, um, did Jack Antonoff produce those or something? He produced yeah, most of that well. one. Yeah. yeah. And what I hasn't was just, he produced? I know. God, he's fucking everywhere. He produced this um, somehow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Antonoff, George R. R. He's, R. he's like Forrest Gump. Of, he's like the Forrest Gump of music producers. Like, like The Florence Gump. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear Ringo's workout plan produced by Jack Antonoff in the next, uh, <laughs> in the next few months. Yeah, 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 so I'm just like, I was like, okay, I had to like put my tail between my legs and be like, okay, Lana, like, I'm sorry. Because uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I had to do like, because I was like, all right, when does the beat drop? Whatever, whatever. And it was nah. one of those instances where I had to be like, okay, you have to really, really listen to figure yep. out what the fuck is yep. everyone, you know, because people aren't idiots. People I respect like her. So there's something there. And all it took was just like really focusing and being like, it's, oh, fuck, like this is good. It's mm. kind of the anomalous part of my music history. Like it's where I can connect. Like it's kind of my pathway into stuff like this. Not not really joking. Like, oh, sure. No, no, no. no. Where I'm That's like, awesome. Thank you, Lana, that I like this. I don't slow, know what, you what know, it does lyrical, for me. Right. Yeah. Something yeah. slow, something lyrical. And then that kind of gives me an in where I'm like, how does this come like around that way? Right. Otherwise, I don't have a pathway into a lot of this, 100%. like a lot of folkier music, even like not I to say folkier, but I think that's great. Do you know how many people just listen to music and they're like, OK, that's the song. Like next thing in my brain, you know, like I think right, it's right, so right, great. Right. Whatever you can have a connection to, if it connects you to other shit, that's great. I don't, it doesn't matter if it's Lana or like Muppet Treasure Island soundtrack, you know, like whatever works. Any other low lights? Fixing a hole is just kind of boring. It's just like and like it's kind of like I think I like the idea of like, hey, man, we're trying to make a more colorful and positive world with like community and art and stuff and like finding sanctuary where your mind wanders into darkness. That's kind of nice. But it feels like the thinnest prompt for a song like I'm fixing a hole where the rain came in and i'm using a hammer to do it like it's kind of like <laughs> it's it's like a, it's like not to shit on paul who i love but they're like we really wanted to do something art it sounds like a person who isn't necessarily so artistic lyrically being like i think this is what an artistic person would write about this feels mm. arty to me to write about a whole you know <laughs> right. like it, it sometimes right. feels forced in that sense he's yeah. just like it's a metaphor these guys are probably they had been singing about girls and holding hands and kissing and girls and girl 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 shit they're probably like i'm gonna write a bad song about a hole but at least i'm not singing about like thank you girl i love you girl right i love thank you girl that thank you girl i love you girls my favorite beatles (laughs) (laughs) me me when i get food from my mom Thank you, girl. I love you, girl. Okay, let's go through highlights. Like, uh, 
yeah, Grace, what's a highlight song for you? It's weird. I don't really have highlight songs. I have highlight little moments, but I guess I highlight song. Okay. Well, um, something, the first thing I ever, like the first time I ever cracked open the, my Beatles book that I was talking about was to, so in a day in the life after John's little, like I read after they do the giant crescendo and Paul has his little, um, woke up, fell out of bed, dragged a comb. Oh, it's going to be too low for me, but, uh, dragged a comb across my head. And then he does this thing on the piano where he goes, boom, 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 boom. And I remember being like, that sounds incredible. It sounds amazing. And I remember going and all it really is like, if you go listen to it, it's just really like, do, 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 do. But it sounded really cool. And I was like, and I had played the piano for years at that point, because I started very young. And so I was like, I'm going to go into that book and I'm going to learn that. Like, I swear to God, it's two measures of piano. And I went in and I looked at it on the sheet music and I was like, this is so easy to read. And, and something about it that was like very, very cool is that like, so it sounds really complicated, but it's this like two two measures. I, I might be getting too nerdy, and I don't want to alienate please, anyone please go ahead. ever. Yeah. But it's this like syncopated pianos. So it's on paper, like it looks so easy. But because of the way that Paul did the rhythm, so like in that um, Paul section, the beat is like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But the piano part is like um, syncopated, which means it's like not on the one or the two or the three or the four. Wow. It's like very strange. So it's like, da, da, da. It, like it, it does not feel as like one, two, three, four as that part. Um, the rest of that part does. So I remember looking at it being like, this looks so easy. The notes look so easy, but it's the rhythm that made it sound so cool. And it was mm. really hard for me. And so I was just like, and it just sort of gave me an appreciation of, of how smart these guys were. And how, you know, he played a kind of like against the melody, against the rhythm a little bit. And it took me fucking forever to learn just because of how like complex that rhythm is. And so mm -hmm. but that is like the first time I ever remember like going into that book, knowing how to read music and being like, I'm going to play that part. And then being like, wait, this looks so easy, but why does it sound so hard? And then being like, oh, shit, go off, Paul. Um, so <laughs> that's that's a great like something I really love. Um, I do. Let's see. I, I, I have already talked about this, but I do love the solo and within you and without you when the sitar and the strings mm -hmm. are like in unison mm -hmm. and play with each other. Oh, I just love that. Um, another thing I will say that I really like is uh, the intro to Sergeant Pepper, which is like fun. I, you know, like it is like the concept is silly and it is on the nose, but it opens with this like really, really, you know, I, I really like when songs sound like 800 different songs. And then the opening for Sgt. Pepper starts with this like, yeah. but then it comes in with these like really French, four French horns that are like super French. I almost said French horny, but they are French horny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I, I really do. I really do like the intro to Sgt. Pepper because I think it is just like such a symbol of like, this is a rock album. This is a, this is like a jazzy album. And in fact, to, to die, to sort of digress a little bit is that I forget what the magazine was called, but like the most famous jazz magazine in America at that point, this album made them start covering rock music. They had never covered rock music mm. previously. Whoa. And then this album came out and they were like, well, we're going to have to cover rock music now because <laughs> there's so many elements of like jazz or whatever. So I, and I, so I think the intro is like a great little way of being like, this is kind of like a smattering of what you're going to get. So I really like this. I, really, I mean, I really like that. And then the rest is just like, I, I guess those are my highlights. I really love good morning. Good morning. I love all the animal sounds. Something I love. Pet sounds. About, like it's a tribute. Yeah, to it's pet sounds. Yeah, like. And then something that's really fun about 
So good morning, good morning ends with all of these um, animals making sounds and they all fade out or whatever. And then the very the very next song is the reprise. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I about. I wrote that part down, yeah. Wait, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Like so, so it's like all these animals, animal sounds or whatever, and they're fading out. And then the next track starts with um, this like kind of guitar sound that's like, wah, wah, but it sounds just like a chicken. So it's this like very interesting, I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but it's this very interesting thing where like the, the, the animal sounds go out and then the very next, and it fades perfectly into the next song because the next song starts and that instrument happens to just sound like an animal as well. So it's, and then I, it's intentional. I learned it was intentional, but I, I, I just love that part. I think that's so cool. Yeah. That's, that's like, I wrote that down as one of my highlights was like the, um, like the pickup note into that song is like, is that a chicken or is it a guitar? Like, I don't know. It transitions so well. That's a um, that's a new segment of our on our show. Like we is like it a chicken or is it a guitar? <laughs> is that a chicken or is that a guitar? Um, Y'all, I messed up making my dinner really bad this <laughs> earlier. This tastes disgusting. <laughs> it's a little stringy. Uh, <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> that's it for me. <laughs> This like, is the uh, this is the Michael, Michael Lidano's press only the button and like reprise. there's a yeah, trap drop door down. under him. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping your internet goes out now. <laughs> uh, oh no. Um, um I guess, yeah, I guess that's kind of it. Oh, I also love that when I'm 64. I mean, is it a great song? No. Does it remind me of my mom? Yeah, so I love it. But yeah. Paul adjusted the um pitch in that song uh to be yeah. or changed the key so that he would sound younger. So he actually his voice is higher in that on purpose so that he would sound younger because it was one of the first songs he ever wrote, which I really like. Mm. I yeah. actually really like that song. I, I know I, I understand it's that it's bad, uh, but I think it's cute and it's fun and I like it. It's fun. I mean, whatever. Boomers liked it. Like when it came out, old people were like, oh, I love this. It reminds me of vaudeville or whatever. Yeah. And 64, the age people died back then. Like <laughs> a much older age than we think now 64 to be. It's like, it's like, um, hey, it's like the future. If you play a good future, if you play your cards right, it's just like, you know, you don't want to die. No one wants to die alone. No one wants to like, you know, all that. Like someone wants to have like a companion when they're and like. When you're to that be fed old, by. yeah, like a companion to be fed by. Um, that's the alt title of uh, uh Phantom Thread, by the way. But like the idea, <laughs> of, like I could see the sh- the seams and like the this being a prototype for so many so much music I love, like Blonde by Frank Ocean, like the the production on A Day in the Life set, like would be radical today. Like it would be like, whoa, what did Billie Eilish do or whatever and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you were saying, like, I mean, they use so many, like, going getting nerdy again, but, like, the production techniques are, like, still used to, like, to this day. Like, the double tracking you mentioned, Grace, is, like, like I literally just bought a guitar pedal that is a double tracker. Like, it's still, like, the shit they revolutionized, like, on this album is, like, revolutionary. Yeah, um, it still sounds really cool. Like, that, that freaking, like, piano chord at the end of Day in the Life. Like, that's weird. You know, it's, it's strange. It's, it's weird. <laughs> That was a high like day in life is a highlight. Like that's like one of the first songs I heard off this album. The crescendo is amazing. I love the story behind it of all the musicians dressing up and just saying like, just get from the lowest point on your instrument to the highest part. I think it's so cool. I love what you said too about like, yeah, it's like Paul's part, John's part. And then they combine at the end. Like it's simple, but it works, you know? Um, truly just them like all at different pianos just playing that last chord at the same time yeah uh, sort of like truly like in unison 
in a way. Yeah, it gives me chills. Um, yeah, same. Oh, same. Yeah. Paul, it, Paul's part reminds me of like ELO a little bit. Like yeah, the, sure. Woke up, did, like uh, yeah, the piano, yeah. like the sc- Mr. Blue Sky piano. song. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. Yep. Yep. I can see that. I think I think Gracie mentioned it, but there were two songs on this album that are not on this album that they put out as singles that were supposed to be on the album, but the record label was like, hey, we need singles, and so they dropped Strawberry Fields Forever, and I can't remember Penny what the Lane? other one. Penny Lane. Penny Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Which Penny Lane, I'm like, whatever. Strawberry Fields Forever, <laughs> I really love. Um, I think it's a beautiful song. And, and that's a highlight for me, for sure. Yeah, and the, again, it's like the production behind it is so cool because they did a take of it. And I think John was like, he liked it at the time and then came back to it and was like, hey, I don't really like this. Let's do it again. But it was like slightly off the second take. And he was like, hey, can we combine these tracks? And I think... I can't remember who the producer, I don't know if it was Martin or not, but was like, it was George Martin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. And he was like, I don't know if we can do that. Like, I don't know if we can combine these tracks or like the vocal takes. And John Lennon was like, no, you'll find a way. And like walked away. (laughs) It's like Steve jobs. Like you, you have to make the computer say hello. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he did it. Like he just like sliced the tape in a very certain way and like combined them. So if you listen to the song, there's like a slight vocal pitch shift. That I think is really interesting, but it works so well because it just sounds psychedelic. And I think it's so cool. Uh, wait, one more highlight for me. Listening to the stereo mix of this album. Oh, my God. I hate listening to the mono mixes of the Beatles. I love listening to all of it in my headphones at one time. Oh, you mean you mean the opposite. You like listening oh, to the yes, mono yes, mix. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm the super <laughs> deluxe version that has the remixes of all the songs where I can... Just but hear it, was, it in my headphones. But it was so cool growing up. I remember being like, that's how I was like, oh my God, this is what a great way to only hear half of the song. It was, it was awesome. I, I mean, like as far as like enjoyment goes, I mean, like for actual listening, you're right. It's nice to hear it all at once. But I do remember being like in my dad's car, driving up to like skiing for the weekend or something or, or something we would have to go do them and being like, oh my God, that side of the car is playing yeah. this. And then that side yeah. of the car is playing that. It's fun if you're in the car. Yeah. Or a kid. (laughs) That's what so that's what I was gonna say. It was like I feel like if you're listening to it on like speakers or in a car or something, it's like more immersive in a sense. But when it's like directly in your ears, like this is grating. Like drums on complete one side sucks. I hate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, like we're gonna mix this episode where like Sean's is like all the way <laughs> on the right, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I want you guys to make it so it sounds like I'm like ten feet away from my mic, or like or like Underwater. behind a closed door, or like the whole time you're just like talking about the Beatles for like five minutes. It's just and like all you hear is like yeah. I'm the Charlie. I'm the adults from Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Two two highlights I'll bring up is uh, I love with a little help from my friends. Uh, I love Ringo songs in general. Like I he always sounds have. good. Yeah, he sounds great. There's a purity to them that doesn't feel forced or like an act or like for pity or for sympathy. It's just sentimental and earnest and endearing. Like he's kind of like um, I compare him to like Ben from Blank Check a little bit. I just like uh, the, it's like a podcast of like two like film nerds and stuff like that and ben is just like like a guy from new jersey who just like loves flash he loves like like very like you know like 80s like comedies and stuff like that and, and his criticisms are like i think it should have been bigger i like it when they're wet <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like very ringo and then the other one is like getting better i think is a lot of these songs i That's find like one. 
that's a that's a great song. It's like kind of capturing. I love how dark and cinematic it gets during like you know the the admission part of it, and then the idea of uh, it kind of describes the when you're on a healing journey, when you're trying to get better, like and stuff like that, and you're making a teeny bit of progress. And you're showing yourself grace because you're doing the best you can. Like, that's a really beautiful thing. And it's like, it, yeah, it's like, um, and then also Paul's like, it's getting bad to all the time. And then you can't get can't no, get no mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like, yeah, there's like a lot of like beach boys. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, like call and response mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. on this, which I love. Yeah. In um, one ear response in the other ear. <laughs> <laughs> any others, any stray observations, anything we haven't covered that we just want to like bring up and stuff like I, that? I really like uh, going back to when I'm 64, something I really like like specifics in songs. Mm-hmm. And so when he's like, he mentions the grandkids and he's like, Vera, Chuck, Dave. I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's cute. I like that. <laughs> and then like the funny thing about when I'm 64 is like, you know, uh, John Lennon was like, "That's Paul's completely." I would never dream of writing a song like that. It's oh, <laughs> like yeah. uh, just like shitting on the song. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Kind of funny. They were rude. They were ruthless. He was like, "That song sucks." They would also just be like, "Uh I, oh, Paul." Uh, John would often be like, "Oh, I could have sung that way better than than Paul could have, or whatever." They were this is what like, I'm going to be like to Andrew and Sean in five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my comment about eating cum should have got more accolades. <laughs> You're like, Andrew's like, that was definitely a Michael joke. I would never have anything like that in the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> like uh, oh, I love Love and Rita. I think that's, uh, that's like my favorite on the record. It's fine. Like, I like the outro in that one where it's like, the piano and they're like going whoa hey they're like making weird sounds oh stuff yeah like that. i like that one and that little yeah. honky tonk breakdown is fun yeah bum, ba, yeah that's another george one and i love that it ends on like a nice very like glissando where they just slide their hand up up the piano i love that shout out george martin yeah uh so let's go through uh final thoughts and ratings the way this works is we'll rate this album out of 10 with a fun metric at the end and like describe a little bit of like why we believe that like kind of sum up our thoughts uh who would like to go first I can. Um, I was surprised that I liked this album, especially because my previous Beatles experience was poor. Uh, Grace, I knew you were like a Beatles expert, so I did not want to come on being like with the same uh, anti bravado that I had on our last Beatles episode. I I can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Literally, don't. no. You should. It's really. Uh, it is all fun. just went don't. <laughs> no, it's fun. Seriously, I think it's really oh, okay. fun. I love that all episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm only I'm gonna listen to Sean only. <laughs> okay, okay, do it. I actually like it. It's fine. it is a funny episode, but it, it's it's a little like if you like the Beatles, you're kind of like heresy. It's a little heresy. Um, but this album I really liked. I knew some of the songs going in, which was helpful. Um, it's like an entry point, and I was surprised by like being able to make it through the album and like enjoying it the whole time. There weren't like a lot of clunkers. I felt like it was sonically interesting. And it kept my attention throughout. Uh, some of the songs are kind of silly. Some of them I can, I'll skip kind of on re-listens, as I talked about before. Um, so uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would give this um, 8 when I'm 69s out of 10. <laughs> you changed it to 69. You changed it to 69. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We should, make a, we should make another number funny. We should we should make like <laughs> s- 
47 funny. And they're going to go like, nice. Eight, like, eight when I'm 420s out of so many numbers, too. We really, you know, you can really go crazy. I wouldn't say this. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Beatles album to listen to for the, for the, for the music specific. Like, okay. I'm trying to think of how to describe this. I, I really love Abbey Road. Um, I love mm, the songs on Abbey Road. I think it's very solid most, if not all the way through. Um, I love Sgt. Pepper's for the production, the history behind it, just what it did for music, I think is it's worth acknowledging. And I think its place in history is well-deserved. Um, yeah, I think there's some standouts. I think it's weird and unique in that like it doesn't sound cohesive, but it is cohesive. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's... I will give it eight uh, peppers out of ten. That was a lame. That was a lame one. But eight peppers. That's Sergeant Pepper to you. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Yes, like, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but respect for my sergeant. <laughs> I gotta go fold my flag. <laughs> I, I this is my favorite Beatles album so far. Uh, I, I don't think Abbey Road should have been my entry point. Like that was like it's a little crazy. too. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, um, and then we went back to like the very early Beatles. It's just like, you know, please, please me. And just like those ones and stuff like that. It's like kind of like, and then like, so I was like looking forward to an album like this, where it's kind of like the, um, you know, the in-between part where like they're at their peak and they're like firing at all cylinders and stuff like that. And uh, they like each other for the most part. Um, I think this is like the... it's I think it made me like the Beatles more uh, and understand what their appeal is be like um, beyond just like the like like I described the compilation songs of just like that song is undeniable, of course. But like beyond that, just like, oh, I love I love they and like all the five, like, you know, the different types, the genre, the subgenres of Beatles songs mesh together and make sense to me now. Like they really, I, and it's really cool. I love the interplay between the band. The production's really incredible. So I'm going to give this, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this, uh, eight days in the life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess my, uh, my review is good album. Good times. And, uh, <laughs> happy to listen to it of course uh what else could i say and then i think i'm gonna give it i'm like there's so many nouns to use i'm like what should, what do i do i'm gonna name i'm gonna give it 10 chicken sounds out of 10 chicken sounds nice uh and well, i thought just, it was a guitar sound did the it, world the may egg? never know is it the chicken is it a guitar Which is game it, first you know, the guitar or the chicken or the chicken sound <laughs> i'm gonna you know what's gonna happen i'm gonna wake up at 2 a.m and be like <gasps> I should have said that instead for my rating. I should use that instead yeah. as my metric. You re-record, send it in. Fuck. <laughs> it's like a life of Pablo, like overdub. It's just a- like ADR this, ADR this in. <laughs> By the way, like I should have like looked at like you know Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds just like to find like all of these like uh, nine tangerine trees and marmalade sky. Oh, nine girls with so many eyes. Damn. Nine rocking horse people eating marshmallow pies. Like yeah, I've done exactly. that. Like and like Dumb I lyric. didn't have. <laughs> I, I, I think it's. Awesome. I just think I think Michael should have gone last with the sixty nine because it was just really hard to follow that. You know. I'm yeah. sorry. I had a good one. That's why I was so excited about mine. No. Oh my! I yeah. get it. Okay, so um, Grace, 
what a pleasure. What a great time. You're like a plus guest. Um, Thanks, guys. I'm I sorry learned... if I got so excited. I feel like I just got so excited. It's been yeah. so yeah. long Please. since I've talked about the Beatles Please. out loud. I just love it. Um, but yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, Grace, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm going to plug. Uh, uh, I'm going to plug listening to music and, and having fun and being curious and and uh, literally the in, like there's so much music out there and you can just listen to it whenever you want. And it's crazy and it's fun and it's mostly free and you can do it from your bathtub or your car or the, you know, jury duty. It's great. So I'm going <laughs> to plug music and I'm going to plug. Uh, you can find me on social media at Grace Spellman, Spellman with one L. And um, yeah, th- those are my those are my plugs. Yeah. Also check out uh, Grace Spellman's letterbox. Like those are some oh, yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, my- oh, yeah. <laughs> my- because you wrote one of my favorite reviews of all time, like genuinely, oh like it's um, it's a I'm review nervous. for Flights, uh, the 2012 Robert Zemeckis movie where Denzel Washington uh, like plays like a pilot who's drunk and he flies oh. a plane drunk. <laughs> and then your review is, uh oh. <laughs> 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 and I that, I was like real. I wasn't like trying to be silly. I was like, oh, like that's pretty bad. Like I really meant that. Uh oh. But thank you. I was like. Okay, good. I thought I thought you were gonna say my my letterbox review, which totally was a one-off and is now my most popular review and is one of the top reviews for the movie Nope. Uh so I got out of the movie and I reviewed Nope and I think I wrote like that's what my pussy looks like or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> now it has so many and people are so mad and I genuinely just did it. Like I just did it and showed it's it to my silly, friend and yeah. I was like and I was like, isn't this stupid? And then people liked it. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, um, wow. It's very that's like, funny. That's, wow. a, that's the pull quote under like the movie. You get it on the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But like the, exactly. the flight one's so funny. It's like imagining you saying that like while you're watching it. Imagining you <laughs> like writing it in your phone. Yeah. Like, like, or like those are my thoughts. Like, what are your thoughts on it, Grace? I'm just like, oh, Miss Feldman, Miss Feldman, Miss Feldman, Miss Feldman, Miss Feldman, she is so <laughs> lucky. <laughs> I just did that song at karaoke two weeks ago. Oh, that's a good, yeah, we were talking about like good on our episode, song. we were talking about like that's a good karaoke song. Uh, last time I did karaoke, I did Touch My Body by Mariah Carey. Not a good one to do a karaoke. No, it's good. I think that's great. I love that. Uh, so yeah. Also check out Grace Spellman's playlists on Spotify. It's like uh, there's like one like walking like John Travolta. There's oh, like, great. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's like a really just good one. the songs that like start the same way and stuff like that. It's like really cool the the idea of like oh like again the breadth of music you consume and then like having a take on it like that makes it good critic and a good uh comedian as well so that's really cool Thank uh you. so uh yeah you could follow me at andrew a lee on instagram and twitter you could follow sean at diabetic twink on instagram twitter yeah instagram twitter you can follow yep. michael at lemon taco on instagram and twitter you yes. can follow mm, the show at ibmt ltt on instagram twitter and tiktok uh you could follow uh yeah uh, the artwork is by olivia jensen the uh, theme song is by Otnis, uh, who had a song on a Disney thing recently, which is oh, really yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, like, but that's so cool. cool. Disney Expo, yeah. yeah, or whatever. That is cool. That Disney money. Uh, yeah, like leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Like, like let's let's get those numbers up. Let's get, hit the algorithm and yep. and all that stuff. So, uh, Grace, uh, 
thank you so much. Uh, what song would you like to play us out with? Any song at all or a Beatles song? Okay. Um, I already decided. It's Fergalicious by Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Oh, my God. I'm going loco. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious definition, make them boys go loco. They want my treasures, so they get their pleasures from my boat. So you can see me, you can't squeeze me. I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I tease them. Boys just come and go.